welcome to the 412 Canada podcast. Thanks for joining us. My name is Kim Hutchins and at 412 we're equipping the church for greater influence through serving. 412 is a ministry of Faith Baptist Church in Huntsville, Ontario. We are so excited to be able to continue to equip you through our podcast and YouTube. And today I'm excited to bring you Jeremy Best. Jeremy is on staff at Faith St. Thomas and has been a youth pastor for 19 years. He's also been the director of Feb Youth for seven years. He's married to Angela, has two boys and a foster daughter. They are working towards adoption. In this episode, we're going to chat about how to build resiliency in your kids. Welcome, Jeremy. Hi, good to be here. <laughs> it's so good. I'm glad that you're able to come up and join us. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's been a while since we've chatted. Yeah, we, like, it's been a couple of years now. So. I think so, yeah. yeah, yeah. And even we did a podcast episode in audio one, but that was right. even a while ago too. But yeah, that was still maybe, I think that may have still been pre-COVID. So. I think so, yeah, well, I yeah. definitely think so. So a lot's changed in your world, Yeah. right? Absolutely. Tell yeah. us what's new. <laughs> yeah, so since then we've had a foster daughter in our home for the last year and a half or so yeah. we're working towards adopting her yeah and uh so having a baby back in the house at 40 is <laughs> different yes um yeah and there's a reason why god intended us to have kids when we were younger it's way more tiring this time around but she's awesome good and, uh, and we have our two older sons elijah and Ezra, they've been phenomenal with yeah. her so oh yeah. and that's so, so great for them too right they're really good big brothers yeah, yeah. oh that's awesome, awesome. <laughs> Well, and I know today we wanted to talk about resiliency, yeah. right? So, um, what is it, right? Can yes. you give me a definition or, you Should know, I, what? Like, yeah, <laughs> like, the simplest way to talk about it, like, it's, like, we might call it, like, toughness or grit. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Right? It's, the, like, the idea of, like, being able to come back and recover from difficulties. Mm -hmm. So, when hard stuff hits, are we able to bounce back? Mm -hmm. Right? Are we able to actually overcome it, or do we just get crushed by it? Yeah. And obviously, for like as parents, for our kids, we want them to be like we want to train them to work through these things in life. We know life comes hard. Yeah. We know like the it's just gonna, there's gonna be really hard times that come for them. How do we train our kids to conquer these things on their own, especially apart from us? Because one yeah. thing to do it for them. Yeah. But how do we train them to do it apart from us? Okay. That's key. Yeah. And so, what about a helicopter parent? I like how does that affect resiliency in kids? Yeah. So. Uh, Youth ministry for 19 years, I've seen my share of them. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and like, I mean, it, it, I don't, it's not the dominant theme, but it's definitely increased over the years. And uh, I mean, we've heard that definition before. The helicopter parent is the, you know, to give it some clarity, is the parent like who refuses to let their kid do anything on their own, refuses to let their kid fail. Yeah. Right? They're gonna, like, no matter what, I'm going to protect little Johnny, little Susie, and yeah. I'm going to make sure like nothing bad enters their world and no failure comes anywhere near them. Right? Yeah. Um, like, we've done. I remember like doing a, one of the first missions trips I did, and each student had to come in for an interview with me and one of the people on our missions team, and uh, more just to put the kid through the ringer than anything else. Yeah, yeah. We want them right. to be serious about it, so I, like, yeah. it was a little bit scary. Um, <laughs> and there was one student coming in, she's 17, and she came in with her mom. Really? And I'm like, like yeah. something, and I, and I knew the, the kid, like this, the yeah. student, she was fine on her own. Mom wasn't fine with her being on her own. Really, and that was the problem. And you can see, yeah. like, the, the student was visibly like awkward and embarrassed because mom was there. Yeah, right. And that mom would, would answer very... for her and speak <gasps> for her, and like that type of thing mm -hmm. happens all the time. I mean, I'm sure if you talk to teachers in the school system, yeah, they will tell you that, that stuff happens all the time. Yeah, yeah. And do you see a difference in the behavior of the kids? Like, I know when I was directing a camp. Um, and I had kids call me to get into the LET program. They were like 13, 14. 
um, and they took the initiative. Right. They were more likely to be really great leaders as to those that their parents did all of that pre-work and yeah, really pushed them. They're not invested in it at that point. Yeah. So it's, this is what mom or dad want me to do. Well, maybe they like it or maybe they don't, yeah. but it's they're not owning it, mm-hmm. right? And, so, and, like, and even those kids that reach out to you by themselves, like, mom and dad are encouraging and supporting, but ultimately saying, you want to do it? It's up to you. Yeah. There's that fundamental difference there that happens. Like kids have to learn to be able to take that risk themselves. Like the simple act of picking up a phone and calling somebody to ask yeah. them, like, I mean, I still get scared by that stuff as an adult, right? So, but training kids to do that, like, hey, well, you can do this. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Right? We need yeah. to give them those little steps to start moving forward. Yeah. And what do you see the difference between, like, now when, or then, when you were a kid, right? Growing yeah. up versus now. I mean, the difference in parenting styles and, and what you were able to do as a kid. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm a kid of the 80s and 90s. I was born yeah. in 1980. And, like, it was very much, and I, part like, I was a single parent home. So, like, my mom worked. It's like, like, during the summers, like, right now. Yeah. Like, that day was mine. Like, I know, I was right? Around, so like, <laughs> my, my mom's basic expectations were like, if you're not coming home for supper, call me so I know where you're eating. And that's right? really all it was, that's right? It. That's you just check in, yeah. I'll be home at this that's, time. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be fine. If it gets dark, I'm not home yet. I yeah. better have called than I'm sleeping over at somebody's house. Yes, like yeah. Uh, and like, you don't want to mythologize the past. Like, we've got a way of looking back at our own childhood with kind of rose colored glasses. Yeah, all things oh, are totally. so much better in our day, and kids these days. You don't want to get into that, but I do think we've lost something, right? Cell phones have changed everything right now. Like, even as, as parents ourselves, like, um, our oldest son is 10. Yeah. And uh, I remember, like, last fall, like, he, the first time he asked him, hey, could I go to the park with my buddies without mom or dad? Yeah. And my wife was super nervous about it. Right? The park is yeah. just down the street, doesn't have to cross a major road, and I like it, right? It's just a five-minute walk. She's like, is it going to be okay? I'm like... And she's like, when we were that age, like, we were going to the park by ourselves when we were, like, six oh, or seven. Yeah. But, like, it's just that, and, and part of it is, like, it's a little bit nervous for him, but it's yeah. also, well, like, is somebody going to see him walking down the street and say, oh, well, they let their, they let their kid go without any supervision. Or, like, yeah. Right? So there's that that plays into it for parents, too, and I think, like, even, like, letting your kids walk to school by themselves, like, there's all these things. That, you like, don't, not many people do anymore, no, right? It, it, it used to be yeah. normal, and now it's. And I think the world is safer than it was in the 80s of times, right? But, yeah. um, but we're more nervous to do that stuff, partly because we're, we're afraid of the risk it puts to our kids, but we're also afraid of the judgment from other adults. It's true. It too. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Well, why do you think that we as parents struggle to let our kids fail? Yeah, I don't, I can't speak to every parent, but I can okay. speak to how I, I, I can speak, speak to your why, own why experience, right? Because ultimately, if my kid fails, I feel like I'm failing. Yeah, I totally spoke. Right? We get... <laughs> Don't mind me. <laughs> like, we... It's so like... My friend, like, I remember um, we first put a lodge into baseball. Right? Yeah. And, like, I played baseball when I was a kid. It was a big thing for me. So I was... I probably pushed harder than I should have to, to get him to play, right? He didn't like it at all. Oh, really? Uh, he didn't uh, like he it? Oh. baseball. He's found some other sports oh, that he okay. kind of digs now, but baseball was not his thing. Very boring. It's boring for a little kid. I understand. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. But uh, I remember the time he got his first hit. And, like, I was over the moon excited. He was, yeah. he was pumped, but, like, he got over pretty quick. He's like, oh, I hit a ball. I'm like, you say that? You see my ball? <laughs> like, wait a minute. I might be a little too emotional. Yeah, yeah, right. It's more about you. Know, you, than you know, and, like, I remember, like, before, like, like when we signed over baseball, like, all of a sudden, I'm in the like, hey, we got to go outside. We got to play catch. We got to yeah. practice hitting. And, like, partly because I want him to get better at it, but I'm like, I don't want you to make me look bad. <laughs> like, yeah. And that's not the right headspace. I think we get into that so often as parents are, like, where it's, 
whether it's with sports or it's you know, helping them with the science project, right? Like the, mm-hmm. like the, the classic trope in like sitcoms, right? That yeah. mom or dad do the science fair project for them, <laughs> and the kid gets busted for it, and, and all those kind of things. But we do that because like, partly we want to protect our kid, but we're also protecting ourselves because yeah. our own egos are still fragile. It's true. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. So, and what about that? Um, you mentioned the book when we were talking earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it? Youth Ministry 3.0. 3.0. Okay, and so it talks about adolescence, the three tasks, and what, what is that? Yeah, so the author is a guy named Mark Ostreicher. He's mm-hmm. been uh, youth ministry bigwig for decades now. He's, yeah. He was a leader of an organization called Youth Specialties. He runs an organization called the Youth Cartel now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's written dozens of books. Um, but he talks about the three primary tasks of adolescence as being identity, affinity, and autonomy. Okay. Identity, affinity, and autonomy. And each of them are unique yeah. but all important so like identity is the idea of like well, who am i right and, and sorting out this this question of just who, where do i fit in the world who am i yeah um autonomy and affinity um so autonomy asks how am i unique what makes me different particularly what makes me different from my parents mm-hmm. right and then affinity is where or to whom do i belong yeah right and kids start working that stuff i mean i see it my, my son's 10 yeah um he's already starting to work through that stuff Mm-hmm. Right? And so we have to help, we have to give our, our kids space to work through each of those tasks. And as parents, part of that is about letting some role build. Yeah. Right, as we go. So like the first one, the identity, it's about self-confidence, about self-worth. And, you know, what gives us confidence, right? It's succeeding on our own. Yeah. And we're given tasks that we're going to accomplish, and that starts to build uh, confidence in the right direction. But, and what gets kids there, they need a strong support system. So mm-hmm. it isn't about parents kind of, Wash your hands out. Exactly. I know, you're, right? Like, you're on your we own. just leave them. Off right? you go. Yeah, it's not, it's not like total free range parenting. <laughs> right. Like, they still need that, that base yeah. of support and care, but they need to help know that they've got the freedom to go and explore on their own as well. Okay. You know, when the mom and dad have their back, they're cheering them on. Yeah. But they're going to let them take some real risk along the way as well. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And so then the next one. Yeah, so the second one, so autonomy is, yeah. is how am I unique? And that's, I mean, the fundamental question there is so. What makes me different from mom and dad? And yeah. Where do I, right, and where do I fit in the world? It's a tough one for parents. It is. Because yeah. when our kids start to pull away from us, we, again, we feel self-conscious, but then we feel afraid of that. Yeah. Right. So that's like oftentimes in those early teen years, like when they stop wanting to hang out with you, when they start getting influenced by other things, whether it's mm-hmm. by media, music, and friends, all kind of stuff. We feel very nervous about all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a reason to be cautious and to make sure like you're stewarding that well. But that's still part of growing up. It's, yeah. it's part of how they have to individuate themselves from you. Mm-hmm. So if they don't, they're gonna be sleeping in their base in your basement when they're thirty five. <laughs> I know, like, we don't want that. We missed something along. <laughs> I know, where way. did we what mess was up? It, right? <laughs> yeah. So they, and yeah, yeah. keep going. Cool. I was gonna say, so they need the skills yeah. to face the challenges, they need competence. Yes. Right? And they can't develop competence if they don't have the, the chance to fail on their own. If they don't have mm-hmm. the chance to go and set out on their own a little bit autonomous. Mm-hmm. Right, being by themselves, um, and confidence doesn't build if they don't get that. Mm-hmm. So, like, like we, if you go back to like the science fair analogy, right? Like, like, hey, like you know, mom and dad put ninety percent of the work into the science fair project. Hey, you got an A plus. Don't you feel great? Mm-hmm. No, no. They know you like. Yeah. Kids aren't dumb. They know exactly they, what they happened. They know there. when <laughs> mom and dad have, have bailed them out. Yeah. And they either learn yeah. to say I don't need that, or they learn to rely on it completely. Yeah. Right, so we need to like we, we obviously we want to have their back, but particularly as they get older, we need to stop bailing them out mm-hmm. and start letting them fail and succeed on their own. Yeah, I think too that's hard as a parent, right? 
I think even with my own kids, um, we've always taught them like how to cook and how to bake and everything, right? So then they're working on a recipe and it is so hard not to jump in and be like, no, you do it this way. And then, <laughs> um, there are many times that I jumped in and I took over, right? And I, you could just see that. I was like, yeah. oh, I need to step back and just let them. And if they make a mistake, they put in too much baking soda, they'll learn from it, right? Yeah. It's not the end of the it world. It tastes bad and they're like, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. And, I, and, and it's, it's tough as a parent too because like, so something like that, you're like, well, this isn't a big deal. I just, you know, like, we're making the muffin. We have, we have company yeah. come over with the office because I'm just going to fix this. Yes. Right? And we're exactly. like, it's just a small thing. This isn't a big thing. This isn't yeah. a big black moment. But those smaller decisions that we take for granted are the building blocks for the bigger stuff later. Yeah. They need to learn from those experiences so they can wade through the larger ones mm-hmm. later. So, like, I've seen the, the opposite happen where, like, kids have been completely insulated by their parents until yeah. they've gone to university. And then all of a sudden they move out and, like, life hits them at 10 million miles an hour yeah. and hitting all these things for the first time. Yeah. And like just the act of like walking to the laundry room by themselves has kids like calling home in tears. Oh, right? yeah. And you can prepare them for, I mean, like universe, like moving out is always going to be traumatic no matter what, but you can prepare yeah. them well for that. Yeah. And rem- like, and so they've had as many of those experiences still within the broader shelter of your, of your home, right? Yeah. And your influence, but with some independence. So when they are fully independent, mm-hmm. That it just doesn't all hit them like a ton of bricks. Yeah, yeah. Because we want them to succeed, right? right? Yeah, we do want them to do we, well. We, we all want the kids to launch out and to find their way in the world, and we want them to make money so they can support us in our old age. Yeah, yeah. Right? But like, if we if we like keep them too close, they're never going to get there. Yeah. 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 yeah that's yeah. good. Was there anything else in that book? Well, that so the third one is affinity. Okay. Yeah. This is actually the one that Ostriker would say is the most important, right? Okay. And this is like so the, to whom or to where do I belong? Right, and in particular, when uh, kids hit, especially the high school years, uh, girls tend to hit a little bit earlier than guys. Do you know, like mm-hmm. girls might start around you know thirteen ish, uh, really uh, diving into this. Guys might be a little bit later, fourteen, fifteen. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the affinity side of things is they start to try on different identities. Mm-hmm. Right, and so you, maybe you've seen this with with kids, right? Where like I remember like one girl in my high school, this girl Kristen. Every year of high school, she came back with a completely new identity. Really? Like she was the goth kid one year. She was the preppy kid one year. Yeah. She was the jock kid. She was the punk. Like just seeing what just, fit, just right? Trying, just trying things out. Yeah. Right? So like, who am I? Like, maybe things, things in her life have changed enough each year that she's like, no, I got, I got thrown a whole new identity. And as as parents, when we see her, like all of a sudden your kid comes home wearing all black one day, right? Or they, yeah. they cut all their hair off or grow their hair out or whatever it is, it can be really easy to overreact to that stuff. Oh my again, goodness! Like, yes. You know, my, my little kid is now all of a sudden coming yeah. like looking like like what do I what do? What happened? Yeah. <laughs> Try not to freak out. Yeah. But like, and they're taking, they're trying to gain some independence over their identity and figuring out where do I fit. Yeah. Right. And we want to help coach them and guide them through that, but we can't just like you can't always just say no, like you can <laughs> cut it off and say like. Um, a mentor of mine when I, when I was growing up, uh, I was in, I was lucky enough to be in this Bible study with a bunch of my buddies uh, through my last three years of high school, led by one of our youth leaders, Tim. Yeah. And. Uh, and for me, especially me growing up in a single parent home with my mom, like watching Tim, like be a dad to his kids, actually yeah. one of the first places I saw like healthy fathering. Um, I remember him talking, and there were a couple of us in the group that were like that. And uh, I remember him talking to us about his boys. He's like, by the time they turn 16, he's like, my task as dad is pretty much done. Mm-hmm. Like, that doesn't, like, that didn't register. Yeah. He's like, he's like, at that point, he's like, they're making the decisions for themselves. I hope they'll come to me for help and I'll give advice. Yeah. He's like, but they've got to go and make the decisions. He's like, I should have mm-hmm. been put in a, imputed all of my wisdom by them. And we've done okay. all the parenting by that point. 
they've got to go and start living on their own. He's like, but the advantage is, he's like, they've still got another couple years of high school. So they can have that freedom, yeah. but still underneath their roof. So if things do mm-hmm. crash, we can, they've got a safe They're still there. Yeah. Right? Oh, that's right. But then good. they're ready when, they, when you know, another a year or two years beyond that, when it does come full independence, they've had some time where they've already, you know, they've been setting their own curfew. They've been, mm-hmm. uh, whatever, like, whatever, like, whatever else it looks like. I mean, it's, every, every parent, every kid is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But I thought that was a really good kind of general guide. We'll say, okay, by the time they hit 16-ish, yeah. you're pretty much done the core of your task and your your mode, your relationship with your kids begins to shift from mm-hmm. parent to advisor. Yeah. Right? Well, and it certainly makes for when they're younger, you're more intentional, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, so like when, like when they're, let's say, up to like age, I mean, my... My younger son is seven. So like right up to like kind of age six or seven, they're with you twenty four hours a day. Yeah. Yeah. Now at seven, he's you know, he's he'll go off and play with his buddies in the other yards and then he's got a little more freedom. Like, yeah, so that like those first kind of feelings of freedom. Whereas my ten year old now, like like he walks out the door sometimes like and we have like a bunch of neighbors that are all right beside, so he'll walk out yeah. the door. We don't necessarily know what house he's going to. No. Right. But he knows where he knows if he's gonna be going into somebody's yeah. house to like, come and let us know or if they want to go yeah. to the park and come and talk to us. But it's just that little bit more rope, right? And another year and a bit, he'll be in junior high. Yeah. And so that'll be time to like, okay, now he should be ready to kind of go bike around. If he's got a friend on the other side of town, he should be able to get on his bike and go over there, right? Or if it's, yeah. he's got to go to baseball practice, but he hates baseball, so it won't be baseball. <laughs> um, you know, if he's you never practice, know. Maybe he can, he can go there by himself or we drop him off. Yeah. And he's under, you know, so yeah, it's, it's just changing. Those, it's, so it's a matter of the parent being conscious that, okay, each year we need to let out a little more rope, a little more freedom, and mm-hmm. prepare them for it. Now, as you interact with parents, what is one thing that you found encouraging when you talk to parents? I find, like, a lot of parents, like, most parents I interact with, we genuinely want the best for our kids, mm-hmm. and we're trying to find a way to yeah. it. Um, maybe, I don't know if it's right to say more so than, than even when you and I would have been kids. I think parents are really trying to be intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just struggle finding clarity on how to do it, right? So it's, a, it's a complicated world. So I think parents are, they desperately want what's best for their kids. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I see over and over again. Yeah. yeah. And do you find, like, I know when the kids are younger, you get a lot of help, right? Sure, yeah. But then I find when they start hitting towards the middle school and high school, as a parent, mm-hmm. you don't get as much help, and you're more at a loss, right? That, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I, and... I've seen that from, like, I mean, I'm not there yet with my own kids. I've certainly seen that um, on the youth ministry side of it where parents, like, feel isolated. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the best things, when we've had success doing parent ministry, one of the best things we've done is just getting parents in a room together. Mm-hmm. It's not so much that we're teaching them content. Yeah. It's we're letting, letting them hear from somebody else saying, man, my kid is going off the rails. I'm like, yo, yours too. Yeah, okay. thank like, goodness we're, we're not, not the alone. only one, right? <laughs> Like they're just so desperate, just like, and especially like in church world, like, yeah. like um, there's just like there's this expectation that we in this fear we put on ourselves that like, man, like I don't want other people to know our family's junk, mm-hmm. right? And like, mm-hmm. like how many of us have pulled into church on a Sunday morning? And just, Shut up, right? <laughs> you march at the doors, hey everybody, get to God, we feel like it's one of the show. Whereas like we don't we don't expect anybody else to run yeah. the show. No, we just but want we others to be like authentic. Yeah. Like, um, so I feel like, we, like something about church world complicates that more. Where yeah. we maybe have a little more reticence to being open and saying, hey, look, we're just we're having a hard time right now. Yeah. You know? Right. And so we all end up putting up these walls that where we all want each other's help and support, but we're a little, maybe a little afraid to go there. Yeah. And that's true. Yeah. And what is one thing that you could say to those that are serving in youth ministry as volunteers to encourage yeah. them? 
these ministry volunteers are my favorite people in the world. Yes, I figured and, they would yeah, be. Awesome. <laughs> and now's your opportunity to yeah. encourage them because they're watching. <laughs> like, we have, like, I've got this whack of junior high and senior high leaders that are my heroes, especially after like, the last year and a half through COVID. Yeah. Um, anybody who's stuck it out volunteering in any ministry through all this mm-hmm. is a hero, period. Yeah. Like, it, like the, the amount of extra effort it has taken. Um, what I would say is that, like, especially through these times, and there have probably been so many nights where you felt like you walked away, you got back to the car, and you're like, that was pointless. Mm-hmm. And you've texted kids or called kids, and they haven't called back. And you've been praying for a kid, and they still walk away. Or you let yeah. you worked hard to prep the message or prep the small group, and it fell flat. Mm-hmm. It makes an eternal difference. It uh-huh. might not feel like it week to week, but your investment in those kids is making this massive uh, difference in eternity. Sometimes these stories take years to come around. Some mm-hmm. never will, but a lot of them will. Yeah. Like the difference you're making in these kids' lives is huge, and they can't always articulate it at 12 or 15 years old. Mm-hmm. But man, the kingdom is singing every time that you're sitting down and praying for, spending time with, and loving on teenagers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fantastic, Jeremy. I think that many people needed to hear that, uh, especially after this past year. Thank you so much for being here again. I love it. I love sitting and chatting with you and talking about youth and kids because you are just so wise and you've studied a lot and you know a lot and you've been invested in their lives. You just see the fruit of that. For those joining us, I hope that you were encouraged by Jeremy and what he had to say about resiliency. There's a link for the book he mentioned, and that will be available in our show notes. If you're listening to the audio version of this podcast, remember to subscribe on your podcast app. And for those watching the video edition, subscribe to our YouTube channel so that you don't miss an episode. Also, hop on to the discussion by following us on social media. You can find us on Instagram at 412Canada. Looking forward to next time. Thanks for joining us.